What if you were next in line for a promotion, but you weren't sure if you were ready for it yet? And in fact, you weren't even sure you wanted to stay in the organization. And then once you got the promotion, you didn't always feel like you belonged there. Join us to hear for Nicole. She's one of the Sisters in Leadership clients, and she's going to share how her journey unfolded and how she got her feet under her in her new role and how she's doing so well in it. I'm Jill Avey, a career success coach, and this is Sister Smart Leadership, the show that explores how women can rise from director to vice president and beyond by fully leaning into their feminine energy as their biggest advantage. Let's get you one step closer to the recognition and promotion you deserve. I would love for you to meet Nicole, who is here to share her journey with Sisters in Leadership and how it's affected her life. I hope that as you listen to her story about getting promoted to her current role, that you see that her story could be your story too. Nicole works for a very large metropolitan transit system and manages the payroll there. She reports directly to the CFO and leads a team of 20, and they manage the payroll for 6,000 employees. So Nicole, when you are thinking back to before you joined the Sisters in Leadership program, what were you experiencing then? And what made you realize the importance of having the right guidance to get to the next level? I really realized I kept burning myself out. I moved to San Francisco about eight years ago and came from a small community into a big metropolitan area and really took my work ethic I had from where I came into my new roles and realized I was trying to do everything. I realized that kind of afterward, what I realized was I was having burnout. Like I just felt like I was going, 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 going and not getting anywhere. So that's one of the things I was struggling with. And I think also really identifying who I was when I entered a position and what I wanted to bring to that position. Was there one obstacle that you were facing more than the others that was really that was really inspiring you at that time? Was that the burnout? I think the burnout and also realizing that I needed to know a little more about myself and to really be able to bring what I wanted to bring forward in where I was. I, I kept looking outward for signals and what I needed to do and realized that that really wasn't getting me where I needed to go. How did that feel for you at the time? It felt, I think it created, in retrospect, when I look back, I was uncomfortable, but really there was a fear. I think that kind of underlined, was kind of underlying the actions I was taking or how I was bringing myself to work every day. Was that kind of blocking you in, in some way? Yeah. Yes, it definitely was. I think I was more hesitant to speak up. I was more hesitant to introduce ideas than I'd been in the past. And I think that's part of what I was realizing was like, this wasn't who I felt like I used to be. So what's what's kind of happening here? What do I need to do to to shift out of it? What were you feeling that told you that you needed to get to know yourself better? I feel like this is a tricky thing that you know, that people aren't always able to identify that that's what the solution is. It is. For me, I definitely felt more anxious around work, which I'd never felt before. And I could tell I was hesitating a lot when I went to work on something or present something that was new to me. So it really made me start thinking about what's happening around this area that just wasn't there before. And what do I need to do to shift out of that, back out of that again? For me, I finally realized a shift, like changing my life so much, probably had more to explore than I gave it credit for at the beginning. 
you know, at the beginning, when you make a change, I think you're all about what's positive about this change. Why is this a good change for me? There's a reason you decided to make it the change. And so part of that for me was recognizing that there was probably other areas that go with change to explore and really look at and be able to embrace the whole experience of that change. I think now I realize too, you can focus on the positive, but you have to also recognize maybe the other things that are happening as well. And if, even if those are negative, what are they and really addressing them? It can go in sequence, right? It felt like there was a point in the program where, where you really realize, oh, I'm still carrying this. Definitely. Definitely there was. And I, I was really able to work through it and, and have tools to, to go through it. And having a group also to discuss things with other women, understanding that I wasn't the only one maybe having self-doubt or having that fear or questioning where I was or where I wanted to go was really helpful in being able to work through that. Were there challenges that were specific to being a woman in this that you felt might be different for you? Yes, I think so. I think for me, one, I think has always been balancing family and work. And Mm -hmm. there's always been a little bit of that guilt. If there's too much time going into work or not enough time going into work, too much time going into the family. So I think that that's something that doesn't have to be specific to women, but I think in our society, it, it is. We tend to carry more of the, the household burden. And even if we have someone that's sharing with that, I still think it's a societal expectation that you're the one taking the lead in all those areas. And so there's that pressure or that feeling of, I have to do everything everywhere. So I do think that yeah. that, was, that was due really to being a woman. And then also just I think in my experience in the workplace too, women bring something different to the workplace, but then also I think the expectations of what they're going to bring to the workplace have been set. And so that's also something you have to navigate all the time. And you're working in a structure that's got a long history and, you know, very stable ways of doing yes. things. And <laughs> so, very, very yeah. institutional and ingrained and really in looking back at where I've had my careers, a lot of them have been very male-centric, fishing industry, and then coming here into the metro, it is really a lot of maintenance, a lot of traditional male roles, mm-hmm. and that's something that they are definitely working through, but it's it exists. You know, it's been, mm-hmm. been there for a long time. You've done such an incredible job with this. You were hired in to, to be somebody's replacement, and... That doesn't always work out for people. Lots of people get in hired to succeed somebody and then it doesn't happen. I think it's been really exciting to watch you just really prepare yourself for the role, instill the confidence in them that you could take it on and then and then get a chance to take that step up. I was wondering if you think about the seven steps to promotion that we talk about in the Sisters in Leadership program, if there was some of those that you felt made a bigger difference for you. I think definitely really getting a handle on my emotions. And I think with stepping into some place that's very, has a lot of institutional knowledge and has a lot of things that have come about, not necessarily because there's written policies or things are written down. It's just somebody knows that's the way it's been done, that it's really easy to start looking at everything that needs to be fixed, everything I'd want to do differently. Mm-hmm. And I had shift that a little bit and also bring some optimism to the table. I mean, really, what can I bring that might even be little bits 
of introduction of new ideas and new things, because I'm not going to shift everything that's been put in place for such a long time. So really being able to focus on what I could bring and really learning what I wanted to introduce and what I could do little bits at a time. So I think really balancing myself was one of the first things I needed to work on. And that was really helpful in going through those steps and bringing that optimism, really taking the time to look at what was worth putting time and energy into and recognizing what that was, making connections with the CFO who was going to stay in place, of course, as I moved up. So really being able to take time to let, have him get to know me, get to know him, where does he work from? I knew the transition was going to happen, but to be able to introduce what I wanted to have happen as that transition came about. Mm-hmm. And that really empowered mm-hmm. me more too, because I think when I first came in, I thought, well, I have to leave everything the same and wait for Mike to shift. And I realized, mm-hmm. no, I need to start working now on how I want it to look when that shift happens. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. I feel like you worked on your executive presence quite a lot too, to really yes. kind of step into this role. And yes. that's been a journey even after you got the role. That yes. And still ongoing. I really like taking this on. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Realizing, yeah, I had to really start stepping into the role before the role was there for me, was was a big part of it. And how about after you got the role? There's always things that come up, of course, and it's still evolving, but it's been good. I think really putting resources in place as that transition happened was very beneficial and really important. Mm -hmm. And the program helped me realize that to really look ahead at what I wanted to have be happening rather than waiting for it to just occur and having those meetings and those conversations ahead of time was really helpful for me. And I didn't have that before. I was really starting to think, what am I doing here? And why do I want to step into what's already, what's here? Not realizing I Mm -hmm. could start making the shift before that point. I feel like there's been some work for you of building your team and you've made a lot of changes with your team as well. I think that was using some of the conversational intelligence. Yes, definitely conversational intelligence, taking time to really let my team talk. The culture also had been very much people are talked to. You -hmm. have a meeting and someone just leads the meeting and talks the whole time. So learning conversational intelligence, learning how to open up the door, open-ended questions, leaving the space for people to reply, to have their own ideas. That takes time. I can put a question out there, but I have to really wait and let them provide the answer. It doesn't do any good for me to put the question out and then also the answer if I want participation. Mm -hmm. So we've really been growing the team and participating and being part of our team meeting and leaving space for people to each take time to share and bring something to the table. And it's it's changed the culture already. It's it's very nice. It's still a work in progress, but I see movement there. And we did I did bring in an assistant payroll manager who shares some of that those same philosophies and that's been really helpful. And that's allowed you to be able to delegate a lot more too. Yes. It feels yes, which yeah. is something going through the delegation, I realized I did not do enough of. <laughs> and it's still struggle. I mean, there's still times every week I look at my list and I I now at least look at it with the eye of, are there things I can move somewhere else? Are there things that somebody else could be doing? And there usually is. So it's very helpful to look 
at what I'm working on for the week with those with that lens, definitely. What other examples come to mind from the program of things that you've put into place? Definitely the meetings for me, just really being more intentional with my time, more intentional with conversations I have throughout the day and with all levels of the organization. I think before I approached a lot of conversations and sitting in payroll, a lot of times when people come to you, they're looking for an action or an answer to a question or an inquiry. It's kind of a reactionary based situation a lot of times. But I now look at each one of those exchanges as a way to like really create an experience when I'm dealing with someone that's at the same level I am at the senior level or even higher up, really thinking about what I'm presenting in that conversation. And is there a way to to make some connections and really bring some networking to the table at the same time? And that's mm-hmm. something I, I wasn't Just grabbing those little that. opportunities. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. How did you find the time to do the program? I am a morning person. The rest of my family is not. <laughs> so for me, my my time in the weekends and the morning, I really carved out time that was just for me. And that was actually beneficial as well to really set something aside that was just for me. I think also helped in just my whole growth and really gave me time and space to be thinking about what I wanted to be doing throughout the week and throughout the day rather than just getting up and reacting to everything around me. It really gave me some centering time. So I carved out the time early in the morning, weekends, and really also took a couple times in the evening where I'd at least do one evening a week where I'd sit down and just say, this is my time that I'm going to work on the program. And it was really easy to do as you get started because you can see so many benefits from it. Like I could really see and feel myself shifting. So it made me want to get into the program more. I think that's one of the hardest things that for people to imagine themselves taking that time. And also it's one of the the first things that I encourage people to do is to create that habit of, yeah. you know, figure out when it is you're going to do this. I was going through and reading some stuff and looking at time that we just spend with notifications and different things. So I also kind of did a cleansing and turned off a lot of my notifications on my phones that really I hadn't even realized were on, mm-hmm. that were just interrupters. I also took the time to go through some of my Facebook feed and other feeds and just connections that I I wasn't really connecting with anymore, but were taking time every time I'd get into those Mm -hmm. apps. And that it just freed up some time for me that I realized I was spending a lot of energy in places that I wasn't getting anything from that really weren't contributing to my growth or where I was currently. And that helped to kind of open up space for something new. Right. Yeah, it's amazing how much time we can yeah. waste with notifications, right? Yeah. Just these little things can really yeah. open up. Yeah, it all adds up. Now that you've got your team to the place that you have gotten it to, what's the rewarding part about it? What are you appreciating? I know I appreciate more that I can bring myself to work every day, that I feel I'm providing more authenticity in all my interactions, that I don't have to think about, is this the answer I want to provide or is this the right answer? I think it, going through the program and realizing I had that fear and realizing what was behind that has let me let go of that and really just present what needs to be presented every day, have the interactions that need to happen, understand there's going to be difficult times, there's going to be some information that I'm maybe not 
going to like or have an emotional reaction to, but that I can center on that. I can take some moments and realize there is an emotional reaction happening, but it is information. How can I process it? What can I do? What can I move on? So I think it's really opened up definitely more time and space for me to focus on the growth I want to have and the direction I want to go in rather than putting the energy into each moment as it happens and having that interrupt the day of what's happening. I think I have more control over like how I'm feeling and how I'm reacting to things and how I can center myself and really use the tools to move forward and build who I want to be as a leader and show my team what that looks like and give them space to grow as well. It must be so nice for your team to have this new environment that they're working in and where their voice is heard and they get to have more growth potential than they used to. It is. We we were able to do a training this year that was really great. It just really focused on them and interactions with the team and what they bring to the table. And it was really heartening to see them share and really be comfortable being able to do that. And it's helped them. They actually help each other a lot more than they used to. I mean, three years ago when I came in, everyone was definitely sitting at their own table, their own chair, and really worried about just what was right in front of them. And they still definitely have to do that to get payroll done. I mean, there is a a certain amount of time that has to be spent every two weeks (laughs) to make sure all the transactions happen. But we now have a chat where people, they throw questions in for each other. So questions that used to only come to me now go into that chat and they can help assist each other with those answers. And then everyone sees what like would be the best common practice or someone has an idea that another person hadn't had and they feed off of that. It's really great to watch that happen. You can see sometimes some hesitation, but the more we just introduce that environment, the more it's being utilized. They can help each other more a lot of times than I can with some of the issues. Someone on the team has probably dealt with it way more often than I have. So it's a great way Mm -hmm. for them to be able to share that knowledge with each other. That this is a male-dominated environment that you're in. Do you feel like you're bringing your feminine leadership strengths to this role? I do. And I, I feel very fortunate to have gone through this program. And also when I went through this program, I also started finding like-minded people and coworkers. And it's amazing when you're open to your growth and what you're looking for, you start to see it where it does actually exist, where I think mm-hmm. before I didn't, I didn't think it existed. So in that, I've also connected to some other women in the organization that brings some of that energy to the table as well. And we've been able to give each other ideas and help support each other in bringing that forward, especially in our team meetings and our group settings, being able to have people share, being able to have team time where they're interacting together. And that's been really great. What advice would you have for other women who are wanting to bring out their leadership skills more? I think probably just starting somewhere. I think that was the hardest part for me at the beginning was I thought, oh, that's not what someone else did before me, or that's not what I see happening here or there. And so I really just had to take that first step of, I'm just going to introduce this one item and see where it goes. I'm going to introduce another item and see where it goes. And it felt good to me, which was helpful. And then I think that people feel that around you. They feel Mm -hmm. that it's important to you and it's 
and that you think they're important. And so I think that really helps move that forward. But I think it's just starting with that first step. And you made small steps. I think that's an important piece too. Yeah. They were small steps and and watching for the buy-in and seeing what's happening around you. And for me, it was helpful to find some like-minded people and get ideas. When I was sharing what I was doing and they were sharing what they were doing and it's like, oh, you are doing that. That is happening in your group. (laughs) I just didn't know that it was. Like it can exist in this environment. Right, Right. And we definitely had one of the managers I connected with is a manager in wellness. And so that was very helpful because she encompassed that role. I think that's why she was in that role. It really was very important to her. And she tried to bring that to the table across the organization. But she also had very specific exercises and ideas and reasons why this is important in the workplace and it really needs to be supported. So it kind of helped also build my confidence in this is the right way to go. I know it feels that way to me, but I can really take that to the next step. Anything else that you want to add? I feel like without this program, I probably wouldn't have stayed where I'm at right now. And for me, it really took time to look inward and really build my strengths and what I wanted to do. But I wouldn't have been able to do that on my own. So it was really great to have really specific steps to work through, really specific support to find other people that were looking to reach those same goals because I really think I would have burned out or would have felt like I wouldn't have known how to introduce what I wanted to introduce into the environment I was in and see that what I'm introducing actually was making a difference and that I have a place to be able to be here and know what my values are and what I want to bring to the table and how I can fit those into what's happening. I'm not going to change the whole culture, but I can change the culture around me, my immediate team, how I'm interacting with the employees, what the employees are feeling when they're coming into payroll mm-hmm. and the responses they're getting from us. And that's enough for right now. And that's good. And yeah, I know it's good. what I can bring in and that it's me and I'm not changing who I am to be there. I'm just building on who I am. And I think a lot of people are looking for how to do that. Yeah. Because it feels like you have yeah. to morph into something else in some places. Yeah. But you've really found a way not to do that. Yep. And it it did take going through the steps of really looking at who we are and what our values are and what we want to bring to the table was really helpful in that. I like to ask everybody this, who is a woman that inspires you by her leadership? Oh, this is a difficult question for me. I realize I have not had a lot of immediate women role models in leadership. I even dug into my mind. I'm like, who in my immediate work world? is someone that I can pull from. And there there have not been a lot. I think as I came into knowing I wanted to really define myself more as a leader, Brene Brown, of course, resonated. I picked up Imperfect a long time ago. It sat on my shelf for quite some time, but it really probably was the first book I read that made me realize, I guess, what it means to really know who you are and really give yourself grace and really be able to not have to be like that perfectionist, not have to have everything and know everything to be able to succeed and lead in something. So that was really helpful for me. I think it started to plant that seed that maybe there was something more out there for me to learn and really be able to bring to the table. I think going through this journey, I really think more about my grandmother, who I did work with as a young woman, and who moved to Alaska in her 50s 
and eventually became the general manager of Alaska Timber Insurance Exchange, which was a workers' comp and health insurance company for all the logging industry. And I realize, I think, more in my life now where I'm at, what that probably really took for her to do (laughs) and how gutsy that was and probably the world she had to traverse to reach that level. And in going through some of the learning I've done now, I can see, I do remember, I remember very specifically being in the office with her and having someone come in for a meeting and stuff. And I can remember her going like this. She <laughs> like, like did this, hook up this thing. Yeah. yeah. And I now know, like in going through all this, I'm like, oh, like she had to really probably just innately learn or be able to build those pieces to be able to be in the world she was in because she really was in a very male world. I mean, she was going out to logging camps and the owners of the logging companies and it was all male, but she, she knew really what she needed to do at that time to be able to make her space in that world. And for our listeners, let me specify, Nicole just leaned back and put her hands on her head. (laughs) So that's the power move we're talking about. Yeah. And yeah, definitely you had like, to take up some space with take those up the guys, space I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I do think more about what it took for her to really do that. And she was single at that point and was single for the rest of her life and really built the career for herself and left mark. I mean, there's people that will still be like, oh, your grandmother, she ran that timber insurance exchange. And mm-hmm. I do think that that's always been something in the back of my mind that I did see her in that position. And it did give me confidence that that's somewhere women could go. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate you coming here and, and talking to me today. If you found Nicole's story inspiring or helpful, let us know in the comments if you're on watching this on YouTube. We'd love to hear which part you like the most. And maybe that's about her grandmother. I think that might be my favorite part, but uh, what a spunky lady she must have been. If you'd like to hear more about the Sisters in Leadership process and how it might work for you, download my private podcast, The Seven Step Passport to Promotion on the sistersmart.com website and the link will be below in the show notes. If you want to dive deeper into women's leadership and how to move up in your career, subscribe either on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm on a mission to help more women get into leadership and stay here because if that's aligned for you, I'd love to have you be part of this community and tune into more episodes of Sister Smart Leadership to support you in becoming the leader you want to be. Thank you, Jill. Thank you. If you're ready to fully lean into your feminine leadership and get promoted from director to vice president and beyond, hit that subscribe button so you'll get all the episodes to come. And check out the recommended video here to see how women are rising up without playing by the old rules that built these male-dominated industries and systems. I'm taking a brief break from this episode to ask, do you feel stuck and unclear about what you need to do to get promoted from director to vice president and beyond? Take the next step and get the free Passport to Promotion private podcast where you'll get the seven-step method to use to get promoted. In each episode, you'll find a tangible concept with real-life examples from my clients on how they were able to use that strategy to reach their next level, plus an action step you can take right now to accelerate your path to promotion. You can find the link in the show notes. Now, let's get back to the episode.